0: Hello everybody, my name is Nav Chatwell and I'm a history student at the University of Toronto. Welcome to the first episode of my history podcast called Footnotes, where we will discuss global history and specifically commodities. Commodities help us understand different connections all over the world and allow us to see how those connections continue to evolve. Today, I will be discussing the history of a commodity I'm sure you're all very familiar with. In fact, I'm sure wherever you currently are, you can find this commodity around you as it's one of the most global resources. It is also known as the fabric of our lives. (laughs) If you haven't already guessed, I'm talking about cotton. Cotton has been one of the most important human manufacturing activities. From growing, spinning, weaving, to sales and distribution, this product has been embedded in our lives for over a thousand years. Raw cotton is shipped to factories all over the world where workers with the help of machinery process it and turn it into cloth. It is distributed everywhere from local boutiques to massive department stores such as Walmart and Target. Cotton is an organic fiber made almost entirely of cellulose. It is a soft and breathable fabric, and it's used in a variety of different products, from clothing, bed sheets, and diapers to coffee filters. The seeds can even be turned into an oil used in food and cosmetic items. I think its importance comes directly from its versatility. Cotton has also led to technological innovations in agriculture and manufacturing, And there really was no other industry that employed that many people and it's still a huge part of the global economy about 20 million cotton bales are produced globally per year that's about 20 t-shirts for every single person on this planet almost 350 million people are employed in this sector that's like 10 times the population of canada it's insane It's such a forgotten commodity because you don't really think twice about the history. I mean, I know I didn't until I started to research it. You probably didn't even realize the clothes you have on right now are likely made of cotton. But today I'm going to focus on the cotton economy's direct relationship with slavery in the American South. Slave labor was first introduced to the United States before 1620, meaning before it was even the United States cotton production thrived on free labor. It made everything more profitable when plantation owners didn't actually have to pay their employees. It was a competitive market prices and quality products that made the U.S. cotton market one of the largest in the world. Even though slavery itself was mostly concentrated in the American South, the entire global economy was affected by it. Cotton was a major American export to Europe. France and UK liked to pride themselves in abolishing slavery. And they did in their respective countries. But by supporting American products directly linked to slaves, they weren't much help. They can't say they weren't all part of the infrastructure when actual buying of products directly correlated with the increase and rise of slavery. Even the northern half of the U.S. didn't feel like an accomplice in slavery. But they also made a lot of money through distribution and export. New England and New York were massive ports for trading with Europe, and they were basically a path for slave grown cotton to travel halfway across the world. So all of these players contributed to the unfortunate existence of slavery. Slavery was looked at like such a concentrated issue when in fact it was very global. So. The area around the Mississippi River became the richest cotton-producing land in the world. As population grew, the demand for cotton grew, and due to the increased demand, cotton manufacturers had to find new ways to speed up the production process to meet market demands. One of the most pivotal points in cotton cultivation was the invention of the cotton gin which basically means cotton engine, and it was a machine that separated cotton seeds from the fibers, a task that was extremely tedious and inefficient when done by human labor. Because cotton cleaning was such an essential phase of the production process, the cotton gin made the process significantly faster. This gave the manufacturers who had cotton gins on their farms a competitive advantage, and over time it became the premium way to cultivate cotton. But why America? Why did the new world become such a hot spot for cotton? So the European cotton industry always suffered from a lack of raw cotton as the demand was so high. And cotton did grow in the Mediterranean countries and the Balkans, but it was expensive and there's always been political issues between the west and the east sides of Europe. Along with the invention of the cotton gin, the abundant land and warm weather in the American south provided the optimal environment for this cash crop to be mass-produced. It was kind of like the perfect mix. However, while American Southern economy thrived on their new and improved ways of mass manufacturing, with the increase in demand, working conditions for slaves significantly worsened. To go into depth a little bit more on the slavery side of things, the plantation slavery was not new when it was introduced to the U.S. in the form of cotton cultivation. It already existed on sugar plantations in Central and South America. Also, African-American slaves most likely had previous experience in cultivating cotton in Africa, so those skills were extremely valuable to plantation owners in the U.S. By the mid-16th century, African slaves were employed in cultivating raw cotton, cleaning, spinning, and even weaving it into cloth. This established a complex network known as the slave trade in the U.S. Slaves were not considered humans, but rather intellectual property of the slave owner. They were really poor, had no opportunities, or even basic human rights. They were were extremely malnourished and physically and mentally tortured. Slavery was actually similar to capital purchase rather than just human labor. Slaves themselves were considered a commodity they had liquidation value and an investment potential they could easily be bought and sold and this in itself was a business there were merchants and slave runners that traveled throughout the southern part of the country buying and selling people it's just so bizarre racism is obviously deeply rooted in the existence of slavery blacks were not considered equals which is exactly where the problem arises so going further into depth of The growth of slavery in terms of numbers, the 1790s, the American South was home to less than 700,000 slaves, and they were mostly concentrated in Maryland and Virginia. But within a generation, by the 1850s, the American slave population was up to 4 million. In 1803, about 90% of the cotton in Britain was slave grown. So they can't really say they had no part in the slave trade when they were buying the, the the end product and the growth of slavery was directly correlated with the demand for cotton so studies show that the organization of labor under slavery might have contributed to the efficiency and productivity of the system they followed the same model as cocoa coffee sugar and tobacco however an interesting twist is that there actually isn't a lot of evidence that shows that plantation owners knew that free labor would be more profitable It was more like a societal norm because people of color were seen as less human and more primitive than the average European settlers. I think it can go back to just the lack of education and misinformation that was available at that time. And to make matters worse, as demand increased, the working conditions became harsher. To continue to grow cotton at the increasing demand rate, slaves had to work longer hours to turn forests into farms that would grow more cotton. These farms became extremely industrialized to meet demand. It gave rise to quote unquote, new slavery, which was comprised of horrible conditions and exploitation of human labor, even worse than it was before. For example, even in the colder seasons, slaves had to repair things around the plantation and manure the soil and dig for weeds and all of those things. Manufacturing of cotton was not seasonal and it required year round labor. By the 19th century, majority of the crop was exported to other parts in the world. Basically, the U.S. had a limitless supply of land, profuse amount of free labor, and a well-developed infrastructure. So, we all know that the Civil War was basically what led to the end of slavery. More specifically, slavery did not officially end until 1865, when the 13th Amendment was ratified by President Abraham Lincoln. The Thirteenth Amendment of the Constitution abolished slavery and involuntary servitude for once and for all, which led to an extremely impoverished American South and broken Southern economy. I mean, you'd think that removing such a terrible violation of human rights would somehow help the country grow, but in, and it did eventually. But in the beginning, it really just crashed the system due to the sudden lack of of available labor, manufacturers soon realized how important labor was to ensure continuous cotton manufacturing. They realized their return on the investment in human labor was higher than the necessary costs, and therefore plantation owners decided that by delegating labor and allowing slaves to have greater decision-making authority, it increased their sense of autonomy and actively involved the quote-unquote employee, aka the slave, in the production process. This gave them a stake in the process and allowed for everyone in the economy to be better off in the long run. As successful operations meant that slaves could potentially have access to small portions of land to farm for themselves. And that's kinda what happened once slavery was abolished. Over time, as competition in the market increased, this fueled the Industrial Revolution, which paved the path for massive advancements in technology. Right in the center of the industrial revolution was the cotton industry. When mechanized factory production emerged, it was first applied to cotton. So, new literature expands on the historiography of the commodity. There have been many new articles written about how the cotton market and its about the cotton market and its relationship to slavery and how it led to modern-day capitalism. And it's still a really debated topic among historians. The history of capitalism is really long and complex, but it can definitely be tied to global commodities. The cotton trade created connections between different places, different types of labor, it gave rise to nationalism and the American identity. And all of this directly relates back to the rise of capitalism. Cotton kind of shows us the importance of looking at all aspects of the commodity, the local, the national, and the global effect. The state itself also plays a really important role in capitalism. The government helps create um, legal systems, the infrastructure, as well as mobilizing workers and creating a better work environment. Another important aspect of capitalism was revolutionizing the agricultural side. The countryside is undermined in today's society, but the export of raw material significantly impacts the economy. Also, Capitalism proves that slavery was not necessary. The economy can easily grow without the exploitation of labor. Today, we have significantly improved our production capabilities and rely significantly on machine labor to do the tedious and inefficient tasks for us. The days of slavery seem far and gone. However, take a closer look at that tag on your t-shirt. You'll find that more often than not, it likely comes from a country wherein the working conditions are easily similar to what they were like in the 1800s. As I mentioned in the beginning, multiply that by 20 t-shirts for every single person on the planet made under hazardous conditions and extremely low wages. This inherently highlights how far we've come as people, but it also shows how far we have to go in terms of making the market fair and equal. Thank you for tuning in to my first podcast. I hope you enjoyed, and I really hope you learned something new today. I'll see you next time.